welcome to our channel as you take your time to listen to God's word today with us we believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family I bring a message to you this morning it is from my heart and it is from the God's word but it is part of a series and the series is what I am currently doing at my church on the on the on the word grace caress on the word grace so i'm doing a word study grace and then i'm going to be doing peace or love for the next 4 weeks and then after that i'm doing another then peace or love for the next 4 weeks so really break it down and try to understand because we use those words so flippantly people have used those words so flippantly praise the lord uh, or we use the word uh, by god god's grace god's grace so in the north it's just everything is god's grace you know the rain god's grace didn't rain god's grace and in a very flippant uh, it's almost an abuse of the of the incredible weighty theological word of grace so i felt in my heart to to take it down break it down and and teach it over four part series this what i'm going to share with you this morning is the first of the series i would have preached it about 3 4 weeks ago and um, and if you want to hear in your spare time after you have taken care of your own church ministries you've heard your pastor in your spare time if you are hungry for more and if you want to finish the whole series or if you want to listen to it on spotify podcast whatever then you can download the app or you could go to the youtube channel and then pick it up from there and listen to 2 3 and then 4 will come out on 26th so it's very important that we that we understand the weight of these words that are so frequently used in scripture by people like Paul and Peter and several of the others not to mention the Lord Jesus himself you have prayed and you have sung a song but just out of habit allow me to say a quick word of prayer and as i normally say let us invite our speaker for this morning dear heavenly father we want to invite you to speak to us through your spirit and through your word you know exactly what's going on in our hearts you know the callousness of our hearts you know how distracted or dis, uh dissuaded we are lord you know father the weights we carry and why we would not listen or we would not understand or we would not be inclined to obey work through all of that and let the love of god and the word of god just make its way right through to the depth of our hearts and find a willing soul find transformation in jesus name i pray amen so grace if you want one word i just i i would i would cling to john chapter 1 verse 16 for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace familiar verse for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace the grace of god is received it is received from us for we have all received grace upon grace it is channeled through us you receive grace through me you receive grace to me so what does it actually mean this series i want to talk about the benefits of living under the grace of god living in the in the in the living quarters of god's grace understanding that grace is the is the air i breathe it's the environment the climate in which i live i'm a sinner i'm a broken sinner i am i am no good i am not good for anything in god's kingdom and god's will and god's work but he has brought me into this this atmosphere this climate of grace within which i stand 
And that grace is what I breathe on a daily basis in the morning, at night. I breathe the grace of God. I live out the grace of God. And if God be, if, if, if God willing, you get the grace of God through me. Romans chapter 5 verse 2. Through him, that is Jesus, through him we have also obtained access by faith. Okay, so what is the key that gives you access? Faith, trust, a willingness to trust God. Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace. Into this grace in which we what? Stand. In which we stand. So grace gives you a standing. Grace gives you a positional standing. When we talk about standing, we're saying what is your position with the, with the Tamil Nadu police? What is your position with them? Well, you don't have a record, right? You are in good standing with the police. That is your righteous standing. You do not have a record. You are in good standing. So grace is a standing and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So you've got joy, you've got hope, and you've got glory. It's not something we attempt to understand, the grace of God. It's not something we, we attempt to comprehend, but we enjoy it. It's a gift which is given to us. We don't go down the track of, do we deserve it? Do we not deserve it? No, we know we don't deserve it. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. It is the most arrogant thing to say, oh, please, please don't. No, no, I don't deserve. I don't deserve. We know you don't deserve. <laughs> Everybody around you knows we don't, you don't deserve it. But when you're being given something lavishly, when you've been given something generously, shut up and take it. Just enjoy it. God has given it to you. It is God's will that you should have it. But we are religious in our mindset and not relational. We are religious in our mindset, not relational. We want to work our way. We want to qualify our way. We want to certify ourselves for the grace of God. You know, so when we say, oh, by God's grace, and we are saying it with tapping ourselves on the back at the same time. God's grace, I passed the exam. God's grace. You know what you're really saying. You're saying God's grace, but actually you're saying I worked my tail off. You know, but I'm supposed to give God the glory, so I'm giving God the glory. Come on. We know, we know that we don't deserve it, but we give it. So grace is something to be enjoyed. It's a grace covering, the grace enabling, the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace to you. So there are four meanings. There could be more, but there are four meanings. And when I say meanings, the usage of the word grace, charis, in the Bible, right? There are four meanings or four uses, and I am going to pick up on the first use this morning for your benefit. Number one is saving grace. Number two is enabling grace. Number three is gifts of grace, charismata. And number four is seasoned with grace, seasoned with grace or greater grace, right? Speech seasoned with grace. And that's what I'm going to talk about on the 26th of this month. But there are three types of grace. There's prevenient grace, prevenient grace, which is God's active presence in people's lives, even before they get saved. Long before they get saved, God is already actively working, bringing them into uh, a condition of mind and heart, bringing them alongside certain people who will share the gospel, bringing them to this road where they suddenly see, oh, okay, see, see, I might go there someday. God is bringing people. He's working in people's lives. He's constantly moving. That is the prevenient grace of God. Then you have the justifying grace of God, where he takes you a sinner and completes you in Christ and makes you fit for heaven. He makes you a saint. And, num and the number three, you have sanctifying 
grace that is in your walk with God on earth in suffering in pain in the midst of these trials and temptations he gives you an enabling grace to be able to live out the life of Jesus the character of Jesus and the grace of Christ in your everyday life would you be so kind as to read with me slow steady read with me next next slide in the beginning together with me in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth john bore witness do you have that yes john bore witness about him and cried out that this is he who comes before me he who comes after me ranks before me because he was uh, before me together with me verse 16 for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace for the law was given through moses but grace and truth came through jesus christ no one has ever seen god the only god who is at the father's hand he has made him known so god has given us grace and this grace has been granted to you through through jesus christ when you put the key of faith and you unlock the grace of god through your faith in response to your faith god has unleashed grace i repeat in response to your faith god has unleashed grace so how has god demonstrated his grace in your salvation you are saved most of you in case i don't know you or perhaps you have not given your life to jesus christ yet you are saved you are saved if your faith has unlocked the grace of god and you have a standing a right standing with god because of what jesus has done for you <clears throat> four four ways to that grace is used i'm looking at the whole salvation thing how has grace been used or or the word grace been used with regard to our salvation i have three things for you and then you can go home how has god demonstrated his grace in our salvation number 1 he raises enemies to make them friends he raises enemies to make them friends i find this mind boggling me in my carnal state in my fleshly state me as i am without jesus if you are my enemy the best thing i can wish for you is that you die okay now for some providential providential reason should you already die right my enemy dies he is buried now why on earth in my right mind would i raise him up why would i raise an enemy are you with me why would i bring back to life somebody who hates me somebody who's not okay with me somebody doesn't want a life with me doesn't want to talk to me why would i bring back to life somebody who's already dead conveniently and who never loved me in the first place why would i raise an enemy to make a friend Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 first one and you were dead in trespasses and sins that's you 
And the word you is a plural you in the original, all of us. You were dead in trespasses and sins. We were born dead to God. The moment I was born, I was already born dead to God. My spirit is dead to God. In which you once walked following the course of this world. So the moment I walked out, I was flesh and blood. The moment I walked out, I was carnal. The moment I was born, I went with the world. I went with the spirit of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. If I wanted to eat, I ate. If I wanted to have sex, I had sex. If I wanted to indulge, I indulged. If I wanted to you know, be lazy, I'd be lazy. If I want to procrastinate, I procrastinate. No matter what I wanted to do, I did in the flesh. That's man. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we, by, we were by nature children of wrath. Our very nature angered God. Our very nature was at enmity with God. Our very nature in the way we made decisions, in the way we thought, in the way we related, in the way we prioritized. It was controversial to the way God thinks. Diametrically opposite to the way God thinks. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of of mankind than the best two words in the Bible but God but God everything changes when a but God comes in to play there you see it in Daniel you see it in the Gospels you see it in the uh, in the epistles but God but God what being rich in mercy but God what because of his great love see God couldn't sit still God God couldn't sit still God wouldn't let his ego, God wouldn't let his, 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 his vengeance get the better of him. God wouldn't let his emotions get the better of him. Huh, he's an enemy. He hated me. Let him stay dead. Let him stay dead. He deserves, he deserves to be dead. No, too much love there. <laughs> too much love, too much grace, too much, too much joy there. And God could do that because he can change you. He can make an enemy into a friend. So now God wants to make an enemy into a friend. But what's the current status of the enemy? <laughs> yeah. Right? So can he be friends with the dead person? No. So two miracles are required. First he has to raise you from the dead. And second he has to make an enemy into a friend. Only love can make that happen. Only love can work your way through the ego through the I deserve, you deserve, don't deserve kind of deal. All the arguments that we have to not make friends, to not forgive, to not get right, to not take the, go the distance, to not uh, reconcile. Only love can burst through all of that. Even when we were dead, even, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. At that moment, during that chapter, during the movie, when I was dead in my sins, he made me alive. He made us alive together with Christ. Together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So that's what grace is. That's what grace is. Grace is saying I hate your guts because you hate me. I think you deserve what you got. I don't want to do give you anything after you have stolen everything from me. I loved you for so many years but you didn't love me back. You destroyed me or you, 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 you abandoned me or you turned your back on me or you were you betrayed me how can i be friends with you again how can i forgive you how can i get back to thing the way things were but god rich in mercy 
because of great love even when we were dead in our trespasses that's grace my friends that's grace god's grace god's grace no 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 it's nowhere close to how how we minuscule you know minimize the meaning and the weight of the grace of god by grace you have been saved not you not you not not because of you not because of your works it has nothing to do with what you're like what you did what you didn't do it has nothing to do with your lifestyle your performance your competence your holiness it's not by you it's not by law it's not by works it's not by effort it's not my will that i wanted to be saved but it is god's will that he wanted to do because when i was lying dead there i didn't have a will you see what i'm saying you see what i'm saying i didn't have a will i didn't even, i wasn't even to say god here i'm dead here but if you raise me from the dead i'll serve you if you raise me from the dead i'll be your friend i didn't know i was going to be dead like this but if i i'm i'm too dead to do that to think that so basically salvation is 102% god's work there isn't even a 0.000001% of you in your salvation and that is the grace of god when you didn't want him he wanted you when you were too dead to him he was alive to you when you couldn't respond to him he raised you up so that you could respond to him and the second you responded to him he lavished you with grace immeasurable grace immeasurable and he has raised us up with him and seated him seated us with him in the heavenly places i'll get to that in just a bit so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his uh, glorious grace in kindness to toward us in christ jesus for by grace you have been saved you know this verse by grace you have been saved through faith this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not as a result of works so that anyone should should boast by grace through faith by grace through faith by grace through faith not religion but but grace not trying but grace not spirituality but grace not yoga but grace not good works but grace god's grace is accessed only only through faith in christ so what does he do the first thing he does is he raises enemies to make them friends the second thing he does is in response to our faith in our salvation he hides me in his perfection make a mental note of that he hides me in his perfection so the first one was he raised me the second one is he justifies me we are justified by grace he hides me in his perfection revel on these verses enjoy these verses for just a few minutes and because of him you are in christ and because of him because of jesus you are in christ who became to us what what did jesus become to us as soon as we came alive to him number 1 he became to us say it the wisdom of god so where i was i was a fool whereas i was foolish i did not have the wisdom of god jesus became to me the wisdom of god jesus i didn't download wisdom Jesus is the wisdom and if i have jesus i have the wisdom of god it's an extricably removable unremovable from christ himself christ does not give you anything he gives you himself please remember that and he is the blessing he is the extremely great reward so who, 
when we came alive to Jesus, when we became alive, when we were brought back to God, what did he give us in Christ? Wisdom from God. Number two, righteousness. I had no righteousness of my own. Now I have the righteousness of a saint. <laughs> I have the righteousness of a saint. Am I a saint? Yeah. Am I a sinner? Yeah. Am I a hypocrite? Yeah. I have two characters. People who are very genuine and authentic. They make fun of us because we are hypocrites. That's because they can't be. They have only one nature. They have to be authentic. But we have two natures. And we pop between the two. Depending on how strong we want to love Jesus back. Righteousness. Number three, sanctification. That is cleansing you and setting you apart to be more like Jesus. And number four, redemption. Let's say it with me. Who became to us. Together with me, who came to us, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast only in the Lord. Let the one who boasts, boast only in the Lord. So faith justifies you. And faith then takes you and places you in grace in which you now stand. Romans chapter 5 is a beautiful explanation of this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, justified by faith, justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. We have peace with God. We have peace with God. You can't have peace with God until Jesus justifies you. You cannot have peace with God until you are as holy as God. And only God can justify you. That is make you holy enough to have a relationship with God. And only believing in Jesus Christ can make you holy. Did you get it? For those of you who are thinking with me, in order to have a relationship with God, to be at peace with God, I need to be as holy as God. Now the only thing that's going to make me that holy is Jesus. So when I place my whole faith in Jesus, he makes me wholly holy in Christ. And I am justified by faith. I obtain access by faith into this grace in which I now stand. In which I now stand. My brothers and sisters, my friends. God has always, always wanted to forgive you. He's always wanted to cover you. Grace is a covering. Grace is a covering. He is not a mathematician or accountant who say, okay, take those first four sins in 2004. Those are unpaid for. Tax has not been paid for that. Okay. There's an unaccounted uh, income for 2005. That has to be uh, reconciled. And then he, he, that's not how he does it. He doesn't take your sins and mark each sin. If he marked our sins, who would stand? He doesn't take each sin and mark the sin by points and by grades and by flashes of lightning. He doesn't take our sin. He just gives you a blanket covering that is so incredibly gracious that it covers every possible sin you want to do, you could have done, you thought of doing, you never did. He gives you one full covering. And he thought about this and wanted to do this and did it 2,022 years before you were born. 2,000 years, 10,000 years before Adam could make his biggest mistake, God had already covered. In fact, when Adam walked out and he sinned and then he went back into the bush hiding, God came in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where are you? The fellow was hiding. How he was going to hide from God, that's another story. Uh, but men have been hiding ever since. And he came, out, he came out finally, he says, what happened? He says, I was afraid. Why are you afraid? Because I was naked. Why are you naked? I don't know. Then God, <laughs> before God could give him a covering, you know, the, the, he took some animal and he killed that animal. 
and first time Adam saw blood being shed. So he realized sin means something's got to die for me to be covered. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So the first sacrifice God did and the last sacrifice God only did. Okay, and everything else in between has been grace. So God came in and performed the first sacrifice and he got a lamb or a ram or whatever. He got that and he sacrificed and took the skin of the animal and covered him. Adam tried to do his own covering. Before that, he took his Louis Vuitton or whatever is his, his, uh, you know, his, you know, big bazaar, whatever, you know, fashion. He got those leaves together. But you know the problem with leaves, right? When the wind blows, then you need to, you need some deadly adjustment. So that's called sin management. We adjust ourselves on Sunday morning, we adjust ourselves. And when we come, but God covers us. He covers us. When he covers, the sin has been paid for. That covering can never be removed again. But even this covering was temporary until Jesus came. And when Jesus came, your sin was forgotten. First it was covered and now it is forgotten. There is no charge against you. Satan can't find the, 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 the USB drive with the fourth copy of your sin. He can't find it. There's no copy of your sin. It will never be mentioned in heaven. When we were young, we were taught, we were scandalized, traumatized by these preachers. You know, they'll come and say, when you get to heaven, there will be one big screen and all your sins will be put on that screen. And they're like, and I'm, I'm just five years old. All I did was steal that chocolate from the, from the fridge and my life is falling apart. I'm like, all my sins will, and the whole world, will, and I'm, I don't care about the whole world. Mom is going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> even with Adam the man who brought the curse upon the entire human state God didn't attack him God didn't curse Adam when God slammed his finger against Adam he missed Adam and hit the ground and said curses are the ground on which you'll work but he couldn't touch Adam because Adam is made in the image of God and even with Adam he covered him he covered him. Every sin you could possibly do. Every sin that you thought about doing is covered. God has always wanted to preach a gospel of grace. Preach a gospel of grace. We've heard too many preachers slam condemnation and fear of hell and whatnot. Preach a gospel of grace. A grace that reflects the father's heart. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always contend with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Are you feeling the heart of God here? <clears throat> he has not dealt with us according. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not rewarded us according to our guilty deeds. God doesn't deal with us the way our parents or the way our people deal with us. He deals with us differently. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our wrongdoings from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him for he himself knows our form he is mindful we are nothing but dust we are nothing but dust how does a father deal with a child condemnation chuck him out spew threats of 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 
detachment and of destruction. That's what the pulpit is doing in so many churches and so many places around the world. Just scaring people off like as if God was a fiery dragon. God is a father. And first and foremost, he wants his children back. He'll deal with the problem later. First you come to me. You should have come to me. You shouldn't have run away. You should have come to me. Who of you are running today? Which of you is running from God because you think God is like this or like that? First get your act together. Get your understanding that God is not judging. He judged once. He shot it at Jesus. And Jesus took the hit. And God will never punish the same sin twice. So there is no leftover sins from what Jesus handled. And Jesus took it all. And just as a father wants you back, come back to the father. Come running into his arms, knowing that forgiveness is imminent, forgiveness is available. And not only that, God is able to cover you for anything you could possibly do. Many of us don't come back to God or we don't come running back into his arms because we know that even if we did, tomorrow I'll fail again. That's why we don't come. We know we will fail again. We know we will grow cold again. So that's why we don't come. Hey, why bother y'all? First 10 times it didn't work out. No, there is enough grace till your dying day. Till the day you die, grace has covered you. Oh, Pastor Jeremy, don't, don't tell them that. You know, If you tell them that, they'll just live the way they want. They'll just do whatever they want. They'll sin and all that. So... If that's what motivates you, maybe you should read the Bible. But it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, O oh Lord. Knowing that you loved us, no matter what we do, makes us want to love you too. God can forgive your sin, but he can't make you love him. God can forgive your sin, but he can't make you love. That you've got to do. What is the first one? He raises enemies to make them friends. What's the second one? He hides me in his perfection. Go hidden in Jesus. Just stay at the center of Jesus. Just enjoy being surrounded by Christ. Give the world Christ. Give your spouse Christ. Give everything Christ. And just be safe in, inside Jesus. And number three, he makes me his trophy of grace. He makes me his trophy of grace. Verse 6, and raised us up with him, that is Jesus, and seated us with him, that's Jesus, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Why? Why? So when Jesus was raised up, we were raised in him. That was 2,000 years ago. I was raised up before I was born. I was raised up before I could die. I was raised up in Christ and he raised me up and seated me. He raised me up and seated me. The sense of seating is very important here. The sense of seating is very important here. When Jesus, when the, when the priest came into the temple once a year with the blood of the, of the sacrifice for the whole nation, right? The chief priest would come in, he'd be wearing his robes and there would be bells on the bottom of his, on the hem of his garment. There'd be a rope tied to his leg. So in case the, uh, the, the sacrifice was not acceptable, the fellow will die and he will get pulled out. Right? He'll get pulled out. Jesus is the real high priest. Jesus took his real blood. Jesus went into the real temple, that is the one not made with hands, the one in heaven, and he sprinkled his real blood on the real mercy seat and he really died. So for a moment we were like, oh, 
how do we pull him out of this one? But then on the third day, he's like, ta-da! And the angels are dancing and believers are dancing and God is rejoicing. And then what Jesus did is, having sacrificed, shed his blood for our sins, he sat down. The sitting down is very important because after this, there is no labor. There's no work for salvation. There's no work for salvation. It's done. The sitting down is very important. So he raised us up with him and seated with him. So he sat down and we are sat with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Why? I love this. Why? So that, I love this. So that in the coming ages, which ages? In the years to come, in the, in the eons to come, in, in eternity, when we are with the angels, when we are with God and his people forever and ever, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. The immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us who are in Jesus. You are going to heaven. Don't miss this. You are going to heaven not as a reward. Heaven is not your reward. You are heaven's reward. Changes everything, doesn't it? Changes the way I think. The changes. I'm not living for rewards. I am the reward. I am Jesus' reward. I am his crown. We, the church, are his crown. Listen to me. He makes my life a testimony on earth and a trophy in heaven forever. Testimony on earth, trophy in heaven. What a life. Testimony on earth, trophy in heaven. He raised us up seated us in him so that the world may see the immeasurable wisdom of God as they look at me for eons to come for ages to come for kingdoms to come I will be a trophy of the grace of God he has positioned me in Christ in heaven giving me complete access to the father to the father to the father that's what this is about. I was created to be a child of God. He has always related to me as a heavenly father. Without a father, we are orphans. Without a home and without an identity. Jesus came to bring us back to the father. Not to a religion, but to a relationship. To bring us back to the father. That is why Jesus came. Because that's who we are. And that's where we belong. We are with the father and we are home. We are home. You need a father. Your dad may not have played out well for you. Your dad may not everything be everything you needed him or he might have failed you. He's a human man. He may have failed you, but you need a father. The father gives you identity. The father gives you your name. The father gives you arms to run into when you've screwed up. The father gives you a home that you can call, that you could belong to. You need a father. And that is why God has called people back to. Not as a tyrant, not as a king, not as a commander, not as a sergeant. He has called you back as a father. So you don't come as a soldier. You don't come as a martyr. You don't come as a, as a saint. You come as a child. You come as a child. So I have been raised. Hallelujah. I have been justified and I have been seated. I have been raised. I have been justified. I have been seated. When I was dead, he raised me. When I ran far, he brought me near. When I was lost, he sought me. When I was ashamed, he covers me with his righteousness. When I had no righteousness, he gave me his very own. When I could do nothing to reach him, he did everything to reach me. When I forget his grace and trample on his mercy, he shows kindness and waits and waits 
and waits and waits. In this room and online, who is God waiting for today? Are you with him or yet to be with him? Who is God waiting for today? When you understand the grace of God, it makes you run to him and not from him. And I'm sorry if pastors or preachers have taught you otherwise. I'm sorry if you've been given a condemnation message, which is no gospel at all. I'm sorry if, no, if you haven't been given a correct understanding of the grace of God. I'm sorry if you've been given an understanding that you have to be a certain level or a certain holiness or a certain uh, character or a certain uh, competence to be able to be accepted by God. I'm sorry if things have not worked out in your life and you've been abused and hurt and, 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 and misdealt with in your life. So hurt and so abused that you, you, you don't know if you can go back to God. Because you feel guilty for the very things that happened to you. You feel it's your fault in some way. Either way, come running back to the Father. Either way, home is where you belong. Thank you for listening to our sermon today with us. Hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will meet you with another inspiring sermon next week. God bless you.